Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 38. This is Rob McLean, Jason DeBeas, and Sports Debate Tuesday starts right now. What is good, people? Jason DeBilius. This is episode 38. This is Sports Debate Tuesday, and that is my man, Rob. Keep it McLean. McLean. What's good, baby? How's your weekend? Pretty good. Pretty good. Stowing back to work a little bit. Whole weekend full of football. Um, We're going to talk. I mean, it's going to be a chunk of our thing happening this weekend. Of course, we got Khabib versus Justin Gaethje coming up. Brian Ortega, very impressive victory over Korean Zombie. Uh, and, and, and my opinion, a one a one event card. I, I mean, the rest were very, very forgettable. I mean, I, I'm not trying to crap on the UFC, but there is. I mean, I've always had this disagreement of oversaturation. You know, I've, I was like, we can't get enough, but I mean, I can't make that argument this weekend for anyone who's um debated with me healthily about that. But Let's get to um, the NFL pick six because we, we, we were rolling so much on other subject matter. We completely forgot about that. Had to do a separate episode. So I figured we'd, we'd go pick six this week. And here are the results of last week. Thank you, Ryan Darity, for playing. Ryan Darity is four and two. Rob, keep him McLean. McLean, you are four, four and two. And Jason, yours truly, too smart for his own good, is two and four. And I believe... Right now, where we are collectively, um, I'll pull it up. Rob, you are 18 and 10. I am 14, 14 and 14. And our guest, no, our guests are 18 and 10. You're 17 and 11. And I'm 14 oh. and 14. And all of us have one tie. So 14, 14 and 1. 18, 10, and 1, and Rob has, Rob is 17, 11, and 1, and congratulations to, to um, my uh, two guys who probably don't, don't want to settle for a tie, but considering, you know, how, how bad we've been doing some, some weeks, we'll take the tie. Uh, this week's guest, this week's guest, you might know who this guy is, it's a surprise, I didn't tell you who it was, but here he is, just the same. Hi. This week's guest oh, is ju- our man, Justin stack (laughs) i love this dude for any of you that don't know justin stack i will only say this once you've met him and once you've talked to him or once you've worked with him professionally he's a coach an indoor and beach coach you will never forget him you remember him for the rest of your life he is very respected um in uh, particularly in the east coast he doesn't go to he doesn't cross the, um, the doesn't cross that line <laughs> to go to the west unless he absolutely has to he spent a year at coastal carolina um basically revamped baruch college which was the worst team in the worst conference in the ncaa and got them all to the final four rob rob's had a chance to work with him i think once or twice right or, or for a season um yeah like no not for a season just once or twice okay i got to work with him for three three of those three three of the four seasons when you know three worked together turning that team around. Mike Salek was one of his assistants. Um, he's Daniel Levant. He's, he's got, he's gotten a, a bunch of great players, uh, contracts overseas. And he's, and a lot of those great players have, are turning, have turned into good coaches because of this, this gentleman. So Justin Stack, welcome. This is, um, who I got to get the picks. <laughs> this is conversational this week, people. <laughs> Justin Stack. 
All right, our first one, Rob. Our first game this week is the Panthers visiting the Saints. I thought Terry, Brid- uh, like you said, Bridgewater had a pretty good game, fell short, and the Saints are playing at home. Who do you got? Uh, I mean, I got to go with the Saints. Um, I'll just keep it quick. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> you're going to leave all the rest of the time for me to talk, but I'm not going to spend that time talking, and I'm picking the Saints. And Justin Stack is also picking the Saints. So, Rob, our next game, we have the Lions visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Matthew Stafford didn't suffer from Lions luck this week. He got a double-digit lead, and this time they kept it. They didn't take their foot off the gas pedal. I'd like to go first. Um, there's something about getting rid of your coach that puts everybody on the hot seat and makes them do on their worst day do their job and on their best day overperform. And I think the, the Falcons are going to do the same this weekend at home um, against the Lions. Everyone has is calling for Matt, uh, Matt Ryan to – to, to not be quarterback, but Ryan is not. Ryan is by far not the problem the Atlanta Falcons have, and he's not going to be a problem this weekend. I got the Falcons. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely go with the Falcons. I, I don't. I don't really. I think the Falcons should have a, a much better record. Uh, they played a lot of really good football, and uh, I think the the Lions are definitely a team that could could lose this weekend. So I'll definitely go with the Falcons. And Justin Stack is going with the Falcons. Uh-oh. Nice. Yeah, we're all we saw this agreeing too much nonsense, right? <laughs> uh, game three, we have the Steelers visiting the Tennessee Titans. Someone's O has to go. Uh, Rob, you go first. Who do you got? It's at uh, Tennessee. I, I'm going to have to go with the Titans on this one. I, I really like uh, what Derrick Henry's doing. Uh, I think, uh, you know, TJ Watts a little banged up. <laughs> what? And, uh, <laughs> You know, I'm going to see what it's like. So I disrespectful. Uh, I, I, like, I like the Tennessee Titans, man. I'm going with my Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, Mike Tomlin, coach 1A to Bill Belichick's one, is the second best coach, best coach in the NFL. Without a quarterback, wide receiver, and running back last year, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight, And look what he's doing with one player. And Chase Claypool, you you warned me before the season. You warned me last week. You're going to warn me again. And I'm going to heed that warning this time. And in the spirit of heeding that warning, Rob, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Justin Stack is going to go... Oops, let's go back with the Steelers. All right, cool. Jay with the Steelers, and we move on to our next game. We have the Seattle Seahawks, the that other undefeated team. Right now, I believe there's only three left. Seattle Seahawks visiting the Arizona Cardinals. I'll go first on this one. I think if people look back at Seattle versus Arizona and look at they they play they play twice a year and look at Arizona's win loss record against Seattle the last five years, I think they'd be surprised at the the level of success that Arizona has had. And if I were going to pick an upset special, I'd probably pick this one. Uh, for those of you that are picking the over and under on the betting line, I would say this is your look, but don't touch game. Look, but don't touch game. Expect um, for fantasy, definitely go with um, um, Hopkins. And definitely expect Fitzgerald to catch one in the end zone. I don't think Seattle's going to hold him back forever. Um, if you can't help yourself on the, on the, as far as the line and the spread, um, pick Seattle. And that's what I'm doing. I'm picking the, the, the Seahawks. Yeah, I would love to pick uh, the Cardinals. I just don't think they're quite there. And then Chandler Jones kind of just went down with an injury, so. Uh, I'm probably going to go with the Seahawks. And Justin Stack picks 
Where are you at, Jess? Justin Pack Stack picks the Seahawks. All right, game number five of our pick six. The San Francisco 49ers visit the New England Patriots. Rob, who do you pick? Uh, I'll probably go with the Niners on this one just because, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Patriots didn't look great last week. I know Cam Newton's still coming back from his positive testing. Um, but just being off of, you know, out of the quarterback round for that week, you know, I think maybe he might get even replaced this week just just like in the midst of the game if he's not playing well because, you know, that offense just needs to be able to run. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I like uh, more stability on the other side. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go against the Patriots on this one. I'm actually going to pick the Patriots. I think he, the 49ers has has a defense that goes after the quarterback, and the Patriots have a defense that bends but doesn't break oh, on their worst year. But I believe if you go after the quarterback on this one, he's not Tom Brady. He's not stationary. He's going to move around a little bit. And Cam, Cam, Cam is not going to um, be bad forever. He missed a lot of easy throws, particularly on fourth, fourth and the game last week. That guy was open on that on that uh, reverse slant. I don't think fantasy owners. I is definitely a stay away from Cam. Stay stay away from anyone who's a starting quarterback on this one. Um, and. Yeah, def- low-scoring affair. Expect some turnovers. Expect one turnover to be a score. Um, and anyone who has the Patriots fantasy fantasy team, start with them because I don't think the Niners are going to light up the scoreboard. I don't know what the line is, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think two teams, I don't think four of these teams can cover the can cover whatever the line is. Low-scoring affair. I go New England Patriots, and Justin Stack is going to go Niners with you. All right. Great minds think alike. Me, me, me. I want to be different. <laughs> um, the last game we have the Bucks. Tom Brady, TB12's Bucks, visiting the Raiders. <laughs> I'll go first on this one. The Raiders yeah. are for real. All right, they had a little bit of a hiccup against Buffalo. Uh, they're one of those one-loss teams that, if they finish thirteen and three or twelve and four, you wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Derek Carr has already had a twelve and four season. If you remember that that uh, that season where he got hurt at the very end, they looked like they're going to do some damage in the playoffs, and he got hurt like the last game of the season. Derek Carr, great great uh, connection with his wideouts. Um, Jacobs is definitely a start for fantasy. Uh, the Bucks. I would actually, if Gronk is still available for any any fantasy owners, and fan, now that he's actually shown he's reliable, I'm the, um, again to Tom Brady. I expect him and Cameron Brate to to get a lot of activity. You know, Tom loves his tight ends, but at the end of the day, I think I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Ooh, I know. I'm, yeah, it's a tough one. I know. I'm begging for. I'm begging to lose, man. <laughs> He's is, like, you just I mean, I really like what the Raiders do. Uh, I just think you know they've had a lot of tough games this season, and uh, you know they just won a really important one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, <clears throat> so I think teams are maybe a little bit more prepared, a little bit more ready. Um, so I just see. I think maybe they might falter this week, um, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go against the Raiders. So you're picking the Bucks? Yeah, I got to go with Tom Brady and the crew. Yeah, well, 
You know what? You're not alone, okay? I mean, there's, there's a bandwagon fallacy going on here. Justin Stack also picks the books. <laughs> Just because the premise is popular, it must be right, okay? Listen, nobody picks fantasy better than me. <laughs> okay? Well, I got a hand now, going over here and a hand going over there. <laughs> All right, so that that... Uh, concludes our NFL pick six and thank you Ryan Doherty for playing last week and we just keep them coming but between all these AVP guys that everybody knows you gotta you gotta get some of these some of these urban legends in like Justin Stack and I was very very happy that he sent me a text and and we're the only people that talk to each other during the Buffalo Bills game I like if uh, I'm worse than Skip Bayless if you see me watch above I lock myself in a room and I'm screaming. I'm like, do not come in here. So, so I'm, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm a little, uh, a little cray cray. All right. So, <laughs> hey, it's a very short topic. To, uh, we're doing basically two topics today, but our, our next major topic is mixed martial arts. Let's move on to that. Let's talk about the recent past first. Brian Ortega, congratulations, victory over the Korean zombie, who we both know is not an easy out. The guy is literally, I mean, there's a reason why he's a zombie. You knock him down and he just keeps getting back that's up. pretty crazy i don't even think he's been a, been ko'd in his career except for that if you remember that flurry he had with yair rodriguez 10 seconds left in the fifth round and yair, yair, oh, yeah. yair oh, yeah. ducked and did did that that's that's one of those fluke things in fact he got caught on this one too and and, and ate it you know he, yeah, got, he, he he ate it a little bit it's like probably was like i can't believe I, you know after i told myself i wasn't gonna get caught on this so um a one main event card. I mean, a one. I, I just, I'll just call it a one fight card because all, all the other fights were not very, very interesting. It looked like a lot of people were going safe, and and the other people that won, it was we already knew it was a mismatch from the beginning. It showed. I mean, the first round usually says a lot. So, Rob, your thoughts on how Brian Ortega did this weekend, uh, and if you saw any improvements his game, that's one. And two, how do you see the scenario of him against Volkanovski? Because Dana said that that if Ortega won, he's getting a shot against Volkanovski. Um, <clears throat> I think that Brian Ortega looked really, really good. Um, a yeah. lot different than what he was looking like against uh, Max Holloway. I thought uh, he had a really, really nice, simple offense, you know, staying with his southpaw, uh, making sure he's getting his jab involved making sure he goes one, two on top of it, making sure he kicks the outside leg kick, you know, very simple, but effective offense. And you can kind of, you can go defensive. You can go offensive from that. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a really, really disciplined fight and he was aggressive even still. Uh, Cause you know, that's something he obviously was just started training because you've seen him in the last year and a half basically. And uh, he wasn't doing that then. So, <clears throat> yeah, so I thought wonderful improvement. I thought it was a great fight. Um, I thought he fought really, really well. I thought, you know, Korean Zombie looked good, but I would love to see that maybe go five rounds and see maybe what what, what happens in that fight. Yeah, that did. Um, that was a decision, man. That was five. That, yeah. That was five rounds. I mean, maybe. That was I, five? Yeah, maybe. That, that seemed like three. Look, I know. Well, it's all main events of five rounds, but. Oh, it man. went real, dude. It went really, really fast. Yeah, it went really, odd. really fast. I, I, um, yeah. I blinked. I didn't watch it live, but yeah. I watched like it, you know, replay. Yeah. But yeah, 
Okay. That was, uh, damn. I mean, yeah, that was a great fight either way. Um, but yeah, going into, uh, Volkanovski fight, um, I don't really see that as being the next step. I think he needs at least another fight. Uh, I think that's a big leap right now. Um, being that he got totally dismantled by, um, Max Holloway and Max Holloway didn't really even beat. And I'm not saying that's a comparison, yeah. but what you good thing the doctor stopped it, right? Right. I mean, right. that he would he would have kept going. <laughs> Sorry. No, he would have, but and the fight was over a long time before the doctor stopped it. But um, <clears throat> I, th- I just think as like a if you're trying to create a fight, if you're trying to understand what would be the best fight, what people should see. Um, of course, maybe they want to see Brian Ortega fight, but he's not ready for it yet, honestly. And I don't want him to derail his career. I, w- I would love to see him, you know, step his uh, his striking level up another step or two to be able to uh, minimize what Volkanovski would do on his feet and then be able to take him down and do things to him on the ground, you know, instead of, you know, going up to a position where he, he loses too soon, loses his you know, lose his stepping and doesn't really become that striker he could be. So where his uh, ground game can become effective, you know, but I thought whatever he did would look really, really nice. And uh, yeah, I, it was a, it was a really nice clean fight. Before I get, I, I jump in here, Rob, I have a question for you. Do you see 145 as a two horse race right now? Do you see this huge separation between Volkanovski Holloway and the rest of the division? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they're fighting at a totally different level. Yeah, honestly, it is. Uh, I, I, I and it's not. It's not even a disservice to anybody fighting in that division. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, the the the, the tools that Volkanovski and and Max Holloway have are just different than what the other guys have. You know, and there has to be a different, like a total separation on skill level, which those guys do have. You know, they're not only just skilled. They're, you know, Volkanovski's got. You know, he's massive legs. He's got an extremely long reach, you know, and then he's very calculated in his offense. You know, and Max Holloway is much more of a a rangy, long end, a volume fighter, which is just very difficult at that, you know, weight class to deal with. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I just think it's it's really hard to, to put anybody else in that class at that weight class right now. Yeah, I am. Um... Look, the last time he fought, and I was, I mean, the whole time I'm trying to pull up the dates because I knew he took a little bit of a break uh, uh, closer, about more than a year and a half. His last fight before this was Max Holloway. And you see this fight, and I remember Dominic Cruz and Joe Rogan, like Dominic Cruz is like, um, he's like, look, he's not a quitter. He's got the heart of a Mexican, and those guys don't quit. And then Joe Rogan's like, yeah, those those Hawaiians too. He's like, so I think we sh- between these two, we just call it a wash, <laughs> right? Between like, you know, guys who are down for a scrap and don't quit, Hawaiians and Mexicans, we, that's, that's a push. <laughs> so I was looking for something that he did differently than his previous three, uh, four matches. Um, Max Holloway, it was hard to tell because he got so outclassed by um, someone who's a volume striker. And then Max chooses to load up, you know, here and there. And, and, and he, he, he's like, if Khabib, if you could describe Khabib's wrestling style as a striker, where, you're, you're, where they make you quit before you quit. 
like Khabib smothers people and you you pretty much already quit before he finds something to snake you on and Max does that with his volume striking like he did so he did to Aldo 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 quit like a whole round before he actually got finished and exactly. and that's and that's what we thought we were going to sort of see about Ortega and he and he and the cool thing is he didn't quit and I love this kid I love this guy's heart and we see him all the time right he's he lives in Redondo I, I'm singing karaoke he rolls up on his skateboard you know I, I buy him a drink a, a week later he remembers me he buys me and greg faulkner a drink so so that's a testament to anyone who wants to know what kind of um like if he looks like this nice guy and this cool-headed dude or is that just a front you know because of california some people could be like that no that's who he is for real i had i met the guy three or uh, four times um he ain't gonna remember my name but he's really good at remembering faces and and he is larger than life for such a little guy <laughs> i gotta tell you so as to the question um should he fight Volkanovski? The answer, unfortunately, is yes, because when you consider his win-loss record, 15-1, and one, and him, maybe he should do an, an, a, a runoff against somebody, but he's done I mean, such a magnificent... I would love magnificent... to see a Max Holloway run back. Yeah, ooh, yeah. That would be, I guess that would be the one, because the whole time yeah. while you're talking, I'm like, this dude cleaned out the division. Clay Guida, uh, you know, coming in, knee. Um, Hanato Makano, submission. Cub Swanson caught him in the nasty guillotine. Frankie Edgar, KO. Frankie Edgar's never been knocked out or submitted in his career. He's never been finished. So, so that that ability to clean house coming up really makes these rematches hard, except the uh, one one you might want to see again, and that's Max Holloway. So, is he deserving of the Volkanovski match? Absolutely, because he did all the right things. Should that be the match that happens next? In the beginning of this debate, I was going to say yes, but you you just brought up Max, and I thought that was a good. I thought that'd be, a, you know, I mean, I, it's again. Well, because Max wants that fight with Volkanovski, you know, yeah. and they, Max, they've well, done Max it lost twice, twice already. So. You know, yeah, he getting on the back of the so, line. Unfortunately, but the only way he's going to get that back is through you know being that first contender. Is to play gatekeeper. Exactly. Play gate. So nobody got to play a gatekeeper. Somebody <laughs> just want to fight. You know, ready to yeah. win. You know, ready to move up. So yep. this is that time. Yeah. Nobody you passes know. my gate. So now, how I think he'll do against Volkanovski? Um, I think he'll do better than I thought because I didn't see his striking and his boxing um, as one of his strong things. And against Korean Zombie, that jab had some sting on it. For someone, for somewhere where I thought Zombie had a, a longer reach, his his jab had, yo, Ortega's jab had some pop on it. It looked like like a half right cross in a jab. He was, but dude, you realize <clears throat> neither of these guys threw any type of like real like they threw maybe one or two mm-hmm. major head kicks, yeah, and, and major body kicks. Like they were all, it was all just fist fighting, you know, yep. not even really takedowns. You know, it was uh, a pretty straightforward fight in that one dimensional fighting. Mm-hmm. If you if you're even if you're if the other fighters allowing you to do it, you should you should be opening up different facets facets of your game. Yeah. You know, so he, it just shows that I think can. both of those fighters are just on a different level of, of, of competition right now. Maybe they I, need a little bit more competition, a little bit different yep. training atmosphere, uh for different camps, but <clears throat> yeah, it's just the way I saw it was uh I really liked what I saw, but it is still just Max Holloway is doing something different, and uh, Volkanovski is on a different level than, than than all of them. So I agree. I look. I think 
his improved striking made him a more complete fighter. But if you take the term complete fighter as a collective whole and you mul and you and multiply it by one and a half, you, we do have Volkanovski. Volkanovski is a complete fighter. He's an, I don't remember the name of their, or their gym or their camp, but he's with Erzurum Adesanya. And those guys are, those guys train like savages and they train intelligently at the same time. So I do think Ortega has, the power to take the fight to the ground. I mean, his wrestling's okay. He did score, uh, I think, two of seven takedown attempts on on um, on Korean Zombie, who's who's Korean Zombie as as you. The reason why a lot of his fights are stand up fights because he's almost impossible to take down. I mean, you don't really see mm -hmm. people take him down. You don't see too many people ragdoll him. I think he comes in as a heavy one sixty five and cuts down the one forty five. So, so yes to Volkanovski, but. I think we both agree. I mean, we disagree on on the that, but we we definitely agree on what we think the result is gonna be. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, if he can make a liar out of all of us, I'd be happy because I like Volkanovski and I think he's a classy guy. But there's something about meeting someone, you know, face to face and seeing how he carries himself and see that he's the same real person on camera as off. Right? We we cheer for those guys. So you mm -hmm. ain't gonna hear too much bitching and crying from me if if Ortega wins. All right, cool. So, hey, let's move on to this week. This week is the a pay-per-view. It's UFC 254. It's, it's, the main event is Justin Gaethje challenging the interim champ, challenging the champ champ, or the original Khabib. champ, the undefeated 28-0 Khabib Namagnamedov. So, Rob, I'm going to go to the, to the board. I'm going to click on this. Let's start main event and maybe a couple of more and tell me who wins. Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> I just, I really like what Gagey is about. I really like, uh, you know, what he stands for. I really love how he fights. Um, <clears throat> but I think that, you know, again, wrestling is one of the things it's like you, you absolutely have to be good at when you're, <clears throat> when you're, uh, when you're fighting in, in, in MMA, honestly, I believe even if it's jujitsu, you can kind of overpower it with uh, uh, a certain type of wrestling and being smart with, with what you can do. Um, All right, let me, let me stop you Justin, for one second. Mm -hmm. um, Justin Gaethje, we both know, came uh, is uh, yeah, came out of Division One wrestler. wrestler. The question to you is: is, is that enough? I just I was no, just trying to thing, pick your brain. The thing here a is, bit. is the real the real problem is is Justin Gaethje doesn't like to fight on his on his back or taking somebody down and ground and pounding them when he's got them down so whatever it is he just likes to stay on his feet and in essence that is a problem because he may have great takedown defense but even if khabib only gets him down one round it's going to be draining for him because he's never on the ground and even if he's on the ground in all his trainings He's never on the ground in a five-round UFC championship you, fight. You, well, not, so, not any of his UFC mm, fights, <laughs> right? I'm just saying. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> but his choice, no matter what, is to get up on his feet and say, hey, you get up, we'll start swinging again, even if he's in the advantage. You know, he does not ground and pound. He just gets up, does his thing. And that's even if it's more of his more recent fights, that's just his choice. Um, and that's with a lot of people, but with Khabib, like no matter what, his choice is going to be to fight on the ground. And what 
no matter what you do, like he's going to get you to the ground at least once, at least twice, you know, and he's going to fight mm -hmm. off his back. He's going to fight off his front. So I think it's going to be somewhat, even if it's going to be just a grind out kind of, uh, Usman, uh, Woodley kind of, you know, Whoa. you know, tough each other up, stay in each other's face and fight. Definitely uh, a lot of cage action too. A lot of um, yeah, press against the yeah. cage. Yeah, but not uh, but I, not boring press against the cage. I think no, it's going to be interesting. Not. <clears throat> so I I really like. I, I don't know, man. I, I, like, of course, the smart money will be on Khabib. But if there's like a you know if there's a line, I would take Justin Gagey. If there's any advantage to you know Gagey, you know, being able to last like all five rounds and it goes to a decision. You know, I, I could definitely pick Gagey, but I just don't feel like it's going to go five. So I, I'll go with Khabib. But again, I really like Khabib. I really like Gagey. I just think there's a little bit of hole. There's, there is definitely a hole there. I feel it. And I can't not pick against that. Yeah. I, when I was thinking, pick, trying to pick a winner for this fight, I thought of every worst case scenario for Khabib. Maybe he, maybe he gets caught. Maybe he gets take, he gets taken down. Maybe Gaethje actually does impose his 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 wrestling to see if it matches up against the Russian Samba style. Um, and I thought of every worst case scenario for Khabib Nurmagomedov. And the worst case scenario is I thought he won. He he still wins a decision, <laughs> three rounds to two. That's my worst case scenario. That was the worst thing I think that I think could happen to Khabib. I think he I think he gets caught he can get caught but i don't think he get he can he'll get caught multiple times like tony ferguson tony ferguson i have never seen tony ferguson get dominated in a stand-up fight like that i've seen him get we've seen him get rocked and survive around and then the next round he comes out with a whole different adjustment and almost as a, a couple of different breakdance moves and then he owns your ass uh, i've never seen anyone do that to ferguson and it certainly made gaethje the most deserving uh, um, contender for, for this title shot. More so than anyone in 155. And that's saying a lot because we both know 155 has some killers. 155, I mean, the, the, the highest paid athlete uh, isn't, even, isn't even fighting right now in 155. And he's, and, and 155 didn't skip a beat, <laughs> right? Conor McGregor's been gone for, you know, he's fought one time in like one, uh, two years. And, and 155 doesn't give an F because that is a dog-eat-dog -dog gladiator pit style uh, um, division. Barboza. That's nasty. a top 10, yeah. Ooh. yeah. And then, but then you got, now you got a separation because now you got Gaethje knocking out middle-of-the-pack people. Um, you got... Gaethje knocked uh, Starch Barbosa, and then Gaethje just beat Tony Ferguson, who we both might affectionately re refer Andalee. to as the gatekeeper of 155 until he gets his title shot uninjured. <laughs> so <clears throat> if he goes wrestling with Khabib, I think he's going to lose. If he strikes with Khabib, that gives him a better chance, but it also, but if, also if he strikes and, and, if he, and if he goes for any kind of body kick or any kind of head kick, I think that's going to be neutralized by by the second or third round because anything that he throws from the waist up is going to get caught and he's going to get taken down and khabib only look may look like he's laying on you khabib may only look like he's pressing you against the cage and not doing anything but it, his style i watched three of his fights over the weekend just for the fun of it including mcgregor just 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 because i like it um <clears throat> he is exhausting watch the last in fact watch that one fight 
that was round four. He, he submitted a uh, rear naked choke, a neck crank. He was exhausting. Just to the, the 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 pressure of being on top, the pressure of putting all of his body weight against the cage, occasionally giving you some nuggies, and then all of a sudden he'll load up. When he thinks you're tired, he'll load up and try to finish you. And remember, Connor survived that when he was like, "Let's talk." Remember, he was on top of him saying, "Let's talk." So I'm with you. I got I gotta go, Khabib Nurmagomedov, because I imagine so many worst case scenarios, and he's and all all of them, he still wins. So. Um, but love me some Gaethje, and I want to watch that. That man's got nine fight bonuses. He's got nine bonuses in seven fights. So our next fight I want to talk about, <clears throat> this is someone not a lot of people know, but you and me probably do. Jared Cannonier is fighting uh, Robert Whitaker. Now, let me go almost, first on this. Jared Cannonier yes. was promised a title shot by Israel Adesanya if he beats Rob Whitaker. He likes his style. Um, there's no like heated rivalry. There's 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 respect and but you know belief that uh, the the belief that one's going to be the more dominant. But it did, it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't personal like Costa was. It wasn't Respectful. personal. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Even Whitaker wasn't that personal as Costa was. That was ridiculous. So here's um Cannonier against Whitaker. I think Bobby Knuckles um, ekes this out. Um, Cannoneer uh, fought in the heavyweight and then light heavyweight and is now at 185, but muscles need oxygen. And I'm very, very interested to see if Cannoneer can do that for three rounds. Wait, you know, it kind of changes my mind a little bit, Rob. It's three rounds instead of five. Um, close one, but I'm going Bobby Knuckles decision. Who do you got? Robert Whitaker. I could rock with Cannoneer here, but... Um... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean Rob Whittaker at this weight, you know he's yeah you he know, moved already up. here. He's mm. sorry. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> I just think he's a smart fighter, uh, not quite as you know structured as um, as Adesanya is, but uh, yeah, you know I I really like Cannonier. You know I think he's a he's a really good fighter. He, he gets injured a bunch. You know, a bit older now, but still, you know, he's got some really, <laughs> he's got some cannons. So, uh, I, you know, I'll give him the, the luck of the draw and see what, you know, what, what the deal is. Because just, I know Adesanya is a, you know, a great fighter. Uh, he really is a great stand-up, uh, very smart, intelligent fighter. Uh, he's so good, But, you know, Rob, Rob Whitaker is his own type of smart fighter. And I want to see if, you know, that can kind of match up with the athleticism and the experience. <laughs> And the uh, and the power that Cannoneer has, so it'd be a great fight. But uh, yeah, I'll go Cannoneer on this one. Cool, man. Um, yeah, listen, I was gonna pick Cannoneer anyway, and that's uh, again, this is a whole interesting. This is a whole interesting main um, main card from top to bottom. But I'm not gonna go through all of them. I'm gonna skip all of them, and I'm gonna go for the first fight on the main card because this one is a match of interest to me. This Magomed Ankalov. Versus Ion, uh, sorry, uh, I keep messing up his name, uh, Kutalaba. Yeah, this is a rematch. There was a um, their previous match. Um, there was might have been some controversy over an early stoppage, but uh, and I I think the match probably could have gone on. But dude, all all you need to know about these two is just watch the weigh in, watch the weigh in the next day. I'm not gonna pick a winner on this. Um, even though I think Magomed um, has a has a bigger toolbox, but this dude, uh, I am they, they nicknamed him the Hulk. He's he's, the, he's usually the one that comes in with his face painted, or like no, his whole body painted green. Um, yeah, so 
that is my match of interest to watch. Um, and my question is, they're not very popular fighters. Um, and I, I know both of us are, are avid MMA people, but we, we watch a lot of everything. We watch a lot of Bellator and LFA, so we don't have a chance to watch like all of the UFC. Have you seen any of these guys fight before? I, I have. Yeah. <clears throat> I have not. So, Rob, do me I a favor. I think I've heard of the Hulk guy, but... Uh... So, so listen, you're going to watch this fight because you're going to watch the weigh-in. <laughs> okay? Watch the weigh-in. Watch how these two people want each other so freaking bad. <laughs> and no, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've never seen two people that, that wanted each other in a bad way, dude. So, like that. But <clears throat> my, that, that's the first fight on the main card. Um, I believe this this pay-per-view has six 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 fights instead of five. And that's good, right? We're getting our money's worth. I mean, that's that's only fair, right? So um so that concludes MMA. You got anything else? Any any anything else on MMA? Anything? No. No. Chael Chael retired a few months ago. I was it was really cool to hear him talk. But already? Yeah, but if you look at Chael's lineup, look, he's not the best fighter in the world. We both know that. Nobody's gonna make an argument for the GOAT. I like but, him. If you look at who this man fought, John Jones, Rampage Jackson, Tito Ortiz, Fedor Emelianenko, uh, Wanderlei Silver, Anderson Silva, uh, Michael Bisbing, Brian Stan, Rashad Evans, <laughs> the dude, <laughs> Leota Machida. Um, I'm like, I don't think anyone has a lineup of fighters like that except for maybe Jones. And Jones, they had to go to 205 to fight him. This dude fought in, Chael fought in three different weight classes. He had to fight heavyweight to fight Fedor. So, um, so Rob, we are going to do our, some people's favorite segment. In some weeks, it's my favorite segment. This is called To Shame or Not to Shame. 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 So, Rob McLean, we have one category for to shame or not to shame. Romeo Cornell, who's now the interim coach of the Houston Texans, played the Titans, had a lead, scored a touchdown, Touchdown gave him a seven-point lead. And instead of kicking the extra point and getting an eight, getting, giving him an eight-point lead, he goes for the two-point conversion. Because he, he choose, And because he fails at the two-point conversion, the Titans come back and win and eventually win in overtime. To shame or not to shame? Do you have a problem with him just gambling and going for it? To shame or not to shame, Rob? Go. You have a whole minute. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I, I do have a problem with it. Definitely shame. Uh, you know, if you're trying to, you know, secure the win uh, undoubtedly and not have faith in that your defense can at least uh, not only, you know, try to win the, win the game without them scoring again, but also not even pr- be able to protect for the two-point conversion, then, you know, I, I really don't think that <laughs> you're, you're seeing things straight because eight points should be enough to win the game. Um, so definitely shame, and uh, you know Romeo Cornell is probably heading back to being a defensive coordinator again. <laughs> He's like, I'll leave the rest of the time for you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. We'll just keep that for his head coaching career. Yeah, too bad for Romeo Cornell, but I'm with you, Rob. I gotta go. Shame, 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 shame a fool. If you have. 
a touchdown that get, puts you up by seven and the extra point puts you up by eight, do the extra point. You know why? Because as good as the other team's offense may be or as much momentum as that other team's offense may have, you may not be able to defend a series, but you are able to defend one play. So let's say you, Rob, let's say, right, let's say you score, we score a touchdown and we go, we go for the extra point and now we're up by eight. He might have momentum, the quarterback, the running game, the offensive coordinator, they might have a great series. But even if they score, it still comes down to one play. And you could have a great series and miss the one play. And that's why coaches don't call this a, a safe bet. They call it football intelligence. That's just ridiculous. Shame. Shame, shame, shame. Shame and fool. And just, just to piggyback on top of it, too, uh, the way you feel, like the way the team is going to feel when they like, oh, they didn't, they didn't, uh, you know, seven points. All we got to do is score seven points and we can tie the game. <clears throat> you know, it's a lot different mentality than, oh, man, like they got eight points. We got to go all the way down the field and we got to score this football, you know? So it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's a mind game as well. That, yeah. You know, it would have been more pressure if they were down by eight, right? Cause exactly. they knew they have to score twice, but if they don't exactly. have to score seven, then all of a sudden they think, wait, this team's scared of us. You exactly. know, I, sm I smell fear. I mean, that's not what I really wanted to say. I mean, I'm, I have a house party flashback. You smell that? You smell that? <laughs> you old school. I know you saw house party. I smell. <laughs> all right. That concludes <laughs> gracefully our one question of shame to shame or not to shame. We're going, we're going light here this week because we wanted to talk a little bit about, about um, uh, football, but uh, for everybody next week, we'll definitely, we're def we definitely have a, a whole lot to talk about, particularly this main event um, in the UFC, which neither one of us can wait. Um, no quick question, uh, no film of the week. We are actually wrapping up on time on our 50 minute mark, but I do have a big up shout out to the Jaguars, John Brown who's never kicked a field goal in his soccer <laughs> or, or, or football life. He was a place kicker, and he kicked, his, he kicked his first NFL field goal. No, first ever competitive field goal um, in or outside of football, and he, and he, and he brought it through. And, and good for him because the Jaguars right now, they're not winning a bunch of games, but they're fun to watch because Minchu and those guys are a bunch of fighters. So good team, good, 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 um, you know, good team. Good chemistry, and, and he's a fit for them. And I hope I hope Marone and those guys do well. Uh, also, congratulations to Brendan Clemens, uh, Duncan. This is um, volleyball. This is AVP, FIVB, uh, or American Beach Volleyball. Congratulations to Brendan Clemens, Duncan Buttinger, Dylan Marrick, and Jace Pardon for winning the the uh, Hermosa Beach Charity Forest Tournament. All the proceeds go to to um, educating deaf children. And they raised they um, raised. Last time I heard, they raised more than a thousand dollars, and I, I think that's pretty cool for volleyball. I bought a T-shirt myself, and um, I'm expected to do some color commentary for them in the near distant future. Just future opportunities for me. Um, any shout out? Anything you want to? Anything you want to plug at the end? All you're gonna do is uh, Russell Simmons. I mean, thing. I got to shout out Timofo Lopez for uh, beating Val uh, Lomachenko. Yes, uh, pretty sure I missed that fight this weekend, so got a shout out right there. Yeah, USA all the way. Did you but, see that uh, coming? I mean, not really, I but it's I, I'm not uh, the way Lomachenko fights is 
not tailored for 12 rounds, hmm. right? He's tailored to, to fight, you know, for 15 round, 20 round fights. Cause you know, he's just, he's just gotta, you know, tailor his fighting style to the 12 rounds that are available. That's what I got to say about that. But yeah, he looked, he looked fantastic. It's just, you know, it didn't get going until late enough. And, you know, he's got to know how to win rounds instead of out trying to outclass people. You know, that's a big, that's yeah. a big thing to understand when you're doing that pound for pound fight, you know, especially like in boxing, everybody's great up there. <clears throat> and the nuances really matter so much. So big shout out to Timo for Lopez for, for, for holding his ground and not being, uh, not being overwhelmed by, by what Lomachenko was doing. So, uh, but you know, I, I can't wait to see who Lomachenko fights next to, you know, bring back some of that, some of that name. And, uh, yeah. So big shout out to Timo for Lopez. Cool, man. That's hey, that's our shout out, and that concludes our podcast today. Um, <clears throat> stay tuned uh, for anyone interested in watching the Option Podcast. I have Kevin Knight, upstart, um, um, new new future star. Kev, um, Kevin Knight played at Myrtle Beach, finished second, lost to Adam Roberts and Trevor Crab. So it was, it was a good coming out party for him. Got him on the podcast tomorrow, and, and this Thursday, I have actress and activist Tessa Greenberg. You're gonna love her. All right, Ryan Millar. <clears throat> We're trying to set up something next week, Olympic gold medalist. And I actually wanted to talk to him about Greece, you know, and, and some other stuff. And also a former BYU star. So so my volleyball people, I'm still with you. Uh, but, you know, the option in, in the classic sense of the word, I definitely want to have other interesting people as we continue our venture to closing the gap to 100 episodes, by the, <laughs> hopefully by January. Um <clears throat> But for this week, Rob might love you, but I had it with all of you, okay? For all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad at Starbucks, for all of you on the lunch line listening to this on your iPhone, for all of you on your droid, for all of you on your desktop who runs the world, old school, old school. For Rob, keep him McLean, McLean, this is episode 38 of Sports Debate Tuesday, and I'm Jason DeBeas, and we say, <sighs> we're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.